podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. We are the flagship show of the 10-12 Network and Partners with Sports Drink for all things sports and not sports, a fantastic podcast network in their own right. I am Philip Slavin. Uh, this is our first live show on YouTube, so we're going to see how this goes. Uh, we're trying this out on StreamYard. We're going to try to record this. This should be uploaded uh, by Monday morning. Like I said, when you try something for the first time, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not so good. Um, I should probably get the link out to everybody. Um, we'll just see what happens. Joining me today, uh, don't worry, we will talk all about this stuff with Andy and Jamie this week. We will make picks for both the men's and women's bracket because we, we do not uh, – We everyone – it's all Big 12, man. 12, folks. And we've got to talk about teams that deserve to get in and didn't. But joining me today for our live show, Robbie Triano. He is the host of the Midwest Madness podcast. That is our Big 12 basketball podcast in the 1012 Network. Robbie, welcome, man. Happy March. Uh, the Big 12 tournament was awesome, but now we're officially here and we can finally, you know, say, is this conference the best in college basketball? We can finally prove it here in March Madness. Seven teams in. We wish we could have got more, but I am pumped for this time of the year. This is my favorite part of the whole year. So I, I want to kind of start there. Um, is this the best conference? My problem is for all the talk of the Big 12 being the best conference, historically one of the greatest years ever for men's basketball, I don't feel like the Big 12 actually got treated in that way. I don't feel like the Big 12 was given its due for as, as gnarly and difficult as it was. It was like, yeah, you guys had a lot of really good teams, but we're not going to give you credit for that, which is strange. And I'll start with, look, Oklahoma State, if you just said Oklahoma State on an island, I understand why they didn't get in. It, it, it burns worse because of the first team out, which is just the most painful thing come March Madness every year for any, any to be in that spot. But like I'm fine with Nevada. I don't have a problem with Nevada, but I'm like Pitt. We're gonna do this. I just the Big Twelve is as good as it was this year. How does Oklahoma State not get the benefit of the doubt playing in the Big Twelve? I understood the argument of like, hey, they had 18 quad one opportunities. They only won six. They had opportunity conference and they didn't take advantage of those. And those are all accurate and valid arguments. Don't lose to Southern Illinois in the second game of the season at home. Don't blow a double digit lead to UCF at a neutral site. You know. We, we can go down this list. Don't lose five of your last six regular season games when all you need to do is win one of those and you're obviously in. But I also look at this and say the Big 12 is you combine that with Oklahoma State. You take Kansas as the number three one seed. So they don't get to go to Kansas City, their own backyard, which was their goal. They're going out to Las Vegas. You look around at some of the other spots. You have two six seeds in Iowa State and TCU who are facing the, the two play-in team games. I don't feel like the Big 12 got the benefit of the doubt across the board given how difficult this conference was and how much everyone praised this conference for how incredible of a season it was. Yeah, I, I agree. And starting at Oklahoma State, I honestly do, don't have a problem with them not being in just because if they wanted to be in, you should beat a team like Baylor, Kansas, Texas, Kansas State. They didn't do that. And if you look at their non-conference slate, 192nd in the entire country. I have no problem with Oklahoma State being left out, and that stinks because I think Mike DeBoynton is a better head coach and injuries are the reason why. But you make up a good point about, you know, not respect for the rest of the Big 12, and I think what is very obvious for that is the Kansas Jayhawks. The fact that they are the number three, number one seed, and they do not get to play in Kansas City, to me, Kansas – may be the best team in college basketball, but they are now being seen as the third best team in college basketball. And if you look at quad one wins, which basically every single game in this conference was a quad one game, Kansas had the most in the country, and it wasn't particularly close to any other team outside the Big 12. Kansas had 17 quad one wins, the second outside of the Big 12 
was Alabama with 13. Alabama's a really good team. They deserve to be where they're at. But Kansas deserved a better spot than where they're at. And if you play the gauntlet of the Big 12, you should either be the first or the second overall seed. So that's where I have difficulty with what was the committee thinking about Kansas? Like they are a much better team than what they got. It just, it, it, they, they, you did the quad one. And I always think it's interesting. We're, we're going to do quad one A wins in this argument. We're going to do quad one and two in this argument. And look, Houston joined the Big 12. This is not a shot at Houston. Like Houston deserves to be a one seed. They are having, they've had an incredible season and I'm going to have them going deep in my bracket. But yeah, I'm going to nitpick over Kansas over Houston for the number two year. I, I think you have to deal with the schedule. I understand. Like Kansas has had some, they lost big to Texas the last two times they faced them. They lost big to TCU at home. Like I understand they've got some big losses. Alabama had some big losses. Alabama lost by almost 30 to Oklahoma, who's in the tournament because it's the worst team in the Big 12. The most like, puzzling game of the whole year. Didn't have like, how did Oklahoma losses. do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, then Oklahoma, you know, thumped TCU in the regular season. I think Oklahoma just had that in them. They just couldn't do it on a week or game-to-game basis. And so, like, it's just it a good look. Their job, the 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 spokesperson for the the selection committee's job is sit up there and say things the same way we had to listen to whoever is for the playoff committee for football just saying things. A lot of it's nonsense. BS. They should have to have an answer to the questions that are going to get asked. But I mean, I I just think that the Big Twelve and look, you got seven teams in in a ten team conference. That is, that's awesome. Uh, it is. Feel like it could have been a bit better. Uh, we'll talk about the women's bracket here in, in just a little bit. I'm hoping Jamie will be able to join us. We will see. We'll see if we have some other guests pop in from across the network or just friends. Uh, Robbie, let's kind of go through and just, just some early thoughts on the bracket. I have not filled mine out yet. It's just solo parenting today. So it's not like I've had a hundred of time to be like, hmm, let me just digest all of this. Uh, but I do want to just some early thoughts on some of the matchups. Kansas is a one seed. They'll open against Howard and then have a potential second round matchup against the Arkansas or Illinois. Uh, the rest of their side of the bracket to get themselves the elite eight is St. Mary's as a Fox U as a 12 Yukon as a four and Iona as a 13. Um, they also have TCU a winner of Arizona state, Nevada, Gonzaga, Grand Canyon, Northwestern, Boise state, UCLA and UNC Asheville there in the West. This feels like a very, very deep and challenging West for Kansas to try and get through this year. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that second round matchup is that like who made this bracket for Kansas? Like they obviously, I think got the hardest pull out of everyone and if they were to make it through, they could potentially play Gonzaga or UCLA. Like, I know every region is difficult, but this one feels like Kansas especially got some things not the right way for them. And um, I, I I do think if we were to point out which Big 12 team is in the easiest region, I know we're kind of scatterbrained a little bit right now, but I think Baylor really is kind of set up for success there. Although what I've seen in the last part of the year, Baylor to me is not a national title contender at all defensively so many woes and situations and like some players just aren't scoring for them and like hustle rebounds like Flo Thamba is not going to do that for you you don't have a stopper at any level Baylor to me is Nash not a national title contender and the two in, in in the big 12 I have for me is Texas and Kansas and to look at Kansas's road I really do think based on what they did this year that this they got set up for a really really challenging time and if they can make it past like Arkansas and then hopefully they won't have to see a TCU again just because I know they've had fits during the whole year but yeah Kansas really had a tough draw but that's a team if they do make it through I think that they will be battle tested enough to win another national title I mean UConn is legit they are they are dang good Arkansas Illinois I'm not as high on that. I think Arkansas, I know they've got some of their uh, injured guys back. Illinois, meh. But UCLA is the two. Like, UCLA is a team that was legitimately contending for Like, that's there's always a two seed. You're like, how'd they get not get a one? And I understand why Purdue is a one seed. I get it. I, I think I would have put UCLA over Purdue. But UCLA is the, the one masquerading as a two. I just, I, I agree. Like, what Kansas has to go through there is not easy. Like, I, at 
all. Like St. Mary's, if, if all you know about St. Mary's is they got beat by Gonzaga in the uh, West Coast Conference Championship game of the tournament, like St. Mary's is good. They won. The, they beat Gonzaga during the regular. I, this isn't even as good a Gonzaga. Like, but you got TCU in there. I just, I agree on that. Uh, Texas's path, uh, since you mentioned Texas, the other contender, open against Colgate, and then. You know, we always see these. We're like, we could get a second round matchup of Texas and Texas. Just go ahead and pencil pins because that stuff never actually works out. We get teased with it and then something crazy happens. I mean, Penn State was, Penn Penn State made a run through the Big Ten tournament. I don't think the Big Ten is especially great this year. I think it's a little bit overrated, but like, it's not a a bad Penn State team by any any measure of the imagination. So we'll see about A&M. Xavier. Kennesaw State, uh, Iowa State versus the winner of Pitt and Mississippi State. By the way, just a little nugget for all of you when you're filling out your bracket. I forget what the exact number is, um, but basically, with the exception, I think, of one year. I don't remember if it happened last year or not. Like One of the 11, 12 seed play-in teams, since they introduced that, has made a run into the Sweet 16 like every year. So just pencil one of those teams be it the uh, yes it's just this is the thing i always do because this is happens like on a regular basis more often than not this is what happens um unfortunately for the big 12 the two play-in matchups are both facing big 12 teams t1 iowa state has the other in mississippi state and pit hit a team i just don't know. okay cool whatever uh you get indiana kent state there miami do uh drake iowa auburn and then houston northern kentucky like you talked about Texas as far as big tall title contenders. I want to include Houston in this conversation because if you remember, we do have a Houston podcast and Scott and Holman uh, podcast. And, uh, and we're going to kind of treat them as, as we're, we're married. Like that's, this is how this whole thing goes. Yeah. But can we hang a banner? Can we, if can they win a national title, Houston, can Texas we hand elite eight? Yeah, no, I, I, I think I mean, that Texas would be A&M the best can claim big 12 titles. <laughs> I, I think i think it would be good i think it would be good to have texas and houston i think it'd be an incredible matchup no, not just the one versus two but like i think houston's got a real shot here like i wanted of teams i feel most confident in putting texas on the deepest run um i feel confident about putting houston on a, a very deep run and so that means I'm most likely going to have to have a Houston-Texas uh, Elite Eight matchup in the Midwest there. Yeah, I agree. And I think if all things work out, like that would be an amazing matchup between those two. And what I've seen from Texas, especially in the last stretch of the year uh, when it comes to the Big 12 tournament, Texas has just been awesome. And I think that they throw so many different things um, especially a player like Dylan DeSue, who has just come on recently. It's just this awesome kind of versatile big for them. And when we look at this tournament and we look at teams that can disrupt a lot of things, there's a lot of great bigs right now in the rest of college basketball, especially like if I just think, I don't know if this they will ever meet up, but like Zach Eady, like how do you stop a player like that? And like Dylan DeSue is not big enough or strong enough, but B- Dylan DeSue has that type of frame. And he can score inside. And they have shooting with Serge Jabari Rice and Marcus Carr. And you can rely on someone like a Brock Cunningham to put on like a player like Brandon Miller in the tournament, put on another really good wing player. Texas, to me, kind of has everything for every situation. And that's where I really like that team a whole lot. And if they were to go face Houston, like that's just an amazing matchup. And I think we should hang a banner if Houston wins, just like how Lincoln Riley claims everything that happens Uh, to anybody else. And he's like, you know what? We're putting that a banner for us. Um, And another team in the tournament in that region, another big 12 team that I like Iowa state has really started to come on at the best time. I thought that game against Baylor, they played with so much hustle and force and they have Gabe Kalsher who can shoot at certain moments and make these type of shots. And then you have a big like Robert Jones, and then you have good guard play. Like, that's a team that does all of the nitty-gritty work, and, like, I think if they were to play a non-Big 12 team, that's going to show up a lot more than pay, playing the other teams in this conference. So, like, I if I were to pick a dark horse, not only out of the Big 12 teams, but in that region, 
Like, just keep an eye on Iowa State. I've been really enjoying them lately, and I know that they were skidding for a bit. They had the Caleb Grills situation. I think they found it together, and things are starting to click for them. Yeah, I like that. I I, I don't want to be the Big 12 homer, but Texas-Iowa State Sweet 16 matchups and, um, sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good to me. Uh, you mentioned Baylor. Let's look at the, uh, the South a little bit. Baylor will open against UC Santa Barbara, and then if they get past them, we'll face the winner of NC State or Creighton. Uh, the rest of their brackets, Alabama at the top, Texas A&M Corp. 16 seed play in game. Cool. Maryland as the eight West Virginia as the nine West Virginia, Maryland, the first non play in game of the tournament on that Thursday. This will kick the whole thing off is West Virginia, Maryland. Lots of fun. Uh, San Diego state college of Charleston, four seed Virginia and Furman. As I mentioned Creighton and NC state, we got Missouri as the seven with Utah state, Arizona as the two, and Princeton as the 15. I mean, my problem with this is like, I have a hard time saying I'm going to pick Alabama all the way because of that loss to Oklahoma. Like I I can't ignore that. Kansas had a blowout loss to Kentucky last year. And then they went and won the national championship. Yada, 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 yada. I can't ignore, but that was, that was Kentucky. And that was a decent Kentucky. This is an Oklahoma team that's finishing below 500 and last in the big 12. Like it's not the same thing. I just have a hard time being like, yeah, got it. They've they've got this all the way. I'm I'm I don't love my West Virginia spot against Maryland and Alabama. Uh, I agree on Baylor. Of I just the, the defense has been so bad this year that I, I'm not sure they're gonna be in a great spot to make a deep run. This is not a this is not a final four contending team. Could they do off it? The offense gets rolling like it has in the season. Sure. I just, I'm having a hard time being like, yeah, I would trust Baylor to make a deep run of this tournament. But I, I think this is the, the section of the, of the bracket, the South region where I feel the lead confident in picking any team to go deep. I just, I don't any see any team in here that I trust. There's a lot of cool stories. Um, there's, there's a lot of neat teams. Creighton, has been really good at points. Uh, Missouri has. Arizona has been really good. I just San Diego State is a fun team that I could absolutely see make some like weird run. I just don't see a team in here that I'm like, that's the one. That's to circle it, move them to the Final Four, fill in all the rest of it behind them. Yeah, to me, this is the easiest region. And if Baylor were to make a deep run, this is the region to do it. Um and I just want to pull it for the people at home. I understand the thing about Baylor. Everyone's talk about how good their offense is and how good their defense is. I just want to put it in numbers perspective to everyone at home. So according to Ken Palm, which is what I use just because it makes me sound a lot smarter. Baylor right now is the second best offense in the entire country. And the last two games against Iowa state, they looked like at points, not even a competent offense. Like they were doing so many things to like, force them to shoot outside or just stop anything inside or deny passing lanes, anything in transition. Baylor had a lot of that difficulty with in that game, especially in the big 12 tournament. And I, I thought that was a game Baylor had to win because you have to start stacking momentum and start playing more games. So you can incorporate a Dale Bonner and get more time for JTT defensively. So you can solidify that group. I really thought they needed a good tournament. They did not do that. So second in offense, according to Ken Palm and defensively 104th, in the entire country, 104th. I don't know how this team almost won a Big 12 title or was competing for it at the late stages of it. That team is not going to win a national title whatsoever, but this is the region to do that. But the thing about this region, and you talked about Alabama, I think Brandon Miller is that good of a basketball player. Like, I understand you can say what happened off the court and what's happened. Like, he is such an amazing basketball player, and we talk about NBA draft. Like, I love the NBA so much. You got Victor Wemanyama, you have Scoot Henderson, and if it's not Brandon Miller, I don't know who else it could be. He does so many things as an athletic, dominant wing who has a wonky jump shot but can make it. He's a like I I I am tempted to put Alabama in the title game just because of that. And I don't think there's necessarily too many of those players right now in college basketball where you're just like, you know what, you are by far the best player. Like Jalen Wilson is that type of player that can do that for you. Brandon Miller is that type of player, but I think even much better as a pro prospect and just raw talent than Jalen Wilson. But talking about West Virginia, 
that's a team I think that outside of the Big 12 can do some things. And I understand they have to go through Alabama in order to do that in the second round. But that's a team that, like, even Bill Self, would say he like said in a press conference after they um they they beat West Virginia but it was a close game and they said that's a team that's going to be the eight on the eight or nine line and maybe upset a number one seed he like said that which is just amazing the foresight that he had but West Virginia has the scoring to do that you have an Eric Stevenson you have a Trey Mitchell you have bigs you have these long win wings like an Emmett Matthews like I really like West Virginia a lot and I think I, I do think they're going to win the opening round and like, I would not be totally shocked if they beat Alabama just because they have these athletic players. It hasn't necessarily shown up in the win column, but I do think leaving the big 12 and facing inferior coaching, that's where Bob Huggins can get some things done. Yeah. I, I, look, we've been excited to see what the big 12 teams against everyone else. Uh, and I think West Virginia, Maryland is a perfect example of that. I'm going to back up your Baylor stat. Um, we can use Bart Torvik. Baylor, as you mentioned, adjusted offense, number two in the country, adjusted defense, 99th. So not as poorly rated there, but still uh, real bad. The CBB analytics, who we've been talking about all season, who's been great. Uh, Baylor's offense, 86th or 97th percentile in the country. Defensive rating, 49th percentile. It's just the offense has been good enough to counter that. It's it's the it's the men's version of Oklahoma on the women's side of just the offense is so good you keep waiting for the you know the defense issues to them and I mean they do in certain games but as far as the season goes it never just completely fell apart. I, man, I, I, I that's that's the section of the bracket I'm gonna have the most trouble with. So let's move on to the East, uh, and uh, we have Kansas State here. Kansas State is the three seed in the East. They will open up against Montana State and then face the winner of Kentucky or Providence. Uh, Kentucky a few weeks ago wasn't even going to be in the tournament. Now they're a six seed. That is that is shocking. Uh, the rest of this one, Purdue uh, is the one. They've got to play in with Texas Southern and uh, I don't know, Fordham? FDU. I actually don't know what FDU is, and I usually know this. Uh, Memphis, Florida, Atlanta is a really interesting 8-9 matchup because that's – that should be fun. Uh, Duke is the five versus ORU. Everyone's going to love picking ORU as an upset. We'll see. Uh, Tennessee, Louisiana. Um, there's the upset picks. Take. Uh, Michigan State is a seven. USC is the 10. And then Marquette versus Vermont. Marquette as the two seed. Kansas State. And I really like Jerome Tang. And I really think this is a team that has the roster and the talent to make a deep run uh, in the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, except for the fact that they have to run into Marquette, who I think is legitimately very, very, very good. But there's a text hurt Sunshine for a new coach. They should uh, they should look at this Marquette guy. He's uh, I think yeah, he might I agree. Have some yeah. Texas connections. Yeah, that might be a good fit there at Tech. Um, but seriously, Marquette's real good, and I that's one of my like. Let me just put him in the Final Four. Um, that's uh, so I, I think Kansas state can get to that sweet 16 spot. I do. I don't buy. Um, I like Kansas state a lot. And I think if it wasn't, if it was one of the other two seeds, I'd feel better about Kansas state. I just, I hate that draw for them. Yeah. Um, and just talking about Kansas state as a whole, like obviously Marquise Noel, one of the best point guards in the entire country. I think a nominee for the Bob Cousy award, what he can do at five, eight, like distributing the basketball, it is like amazing to watch some of the passes he can make, how he can get through some defenders. And obviously he has like that, that gene where he doesn't care where he's shooting the ball. He believes he's going to make it. And I think that is something you one need in modern college basketball. And two, like a lot of the players that we remember from March Madness, like I remember Jimmer Fredette pulling up February, Steph Curry, like for Davidson pulling up. And then you had Carson Edwards for Purdue, like, you need that player in those type of moments that can either get you back from a deficit or bury a team. And Marquise Noel is a player that can do that. And like, I would not be shocked if he made a name for himself in this tournament because of that. And obviously Keontae Johnson to me is in the big 12. I've said a lot. He is the most unstoppable player in the league when he is doing what he is doing, just because he's that big, he's that strong. He can shoot. He can go up for an alley-oop. He just is this big physical freak. 
And that's the type of player that can throw a wrench into any any team. Because having a good defensive wing is hard to get. And if you don't have anybody that can stop that, or if he's putting you into foul trouble, Keontae Johnson is awesome. The thing that worries me about the rest of Kansas State is that depth is inconsistent. You have Naquan Tomlin to me is, I just think, such a raw, awesome talent of a person, but he's not there yet. One day he will be an NBA talent. I see him as like a more skilled Kai Jones, who obviously went to Texas and went to the NBA and plays with the Hornets now. Naquan Tomlin is awesome, but the rest of the team, Cam Carter, you have Desi Sills, you have Ish Masood. These are players who are unproven, and I don't think that can win you or get you a big bucket when you need it. And that's where I have qualms about Kansas State. Um, But yeah, this region, if they were to, let's say, win that and then play, let's say, Kentucky, who do you have to guard Oscar Shibway? You can put Keontae Johnson on him, and this is a down year for Kentucky. But matchup-wise, like I'm interested to see what Kansas State will do. But for any Kansas State fan that wants to critique Jerome, Ter- Jerome Tang or anything like that, you need to calm down. And I want to speak to all the fans out there because you were picked 10th in the entire conference. You have exceeded all expectations. You have made lemonade the most out of any team in this conference. Like Marquise Noel is good, but he should not be as good as what he is right now. Keontae Johnson just came off this terrible health injury and is playing like no one thought this could happen. Like he's playing the talent we thought he would have before this major traumatic injury for him. And for Kansas State, like to lose to TCU in the tournament, all these fans are blaming Jerome Tang or saying that like, chill out. Like you guys have the best coach. Anyone would die to have it. You do not have to freak out and react to every loss whatsoever. If Kansas State makes it far in this tournament, that's good for them. But I do not see this team winning a national title. But if they get bounced in the second round, can Kansas State fans chill out? You guys have a great future ahead of you. I like. I just want to say that to those people because I cannot believe it sometimes. And I understand they're the minority, but it makes no sense. Uh we are. Uh, I said we might have who could uh, join us today for. Oh, let's have, go, uh, Matt Isbear, who is ready. Of uh, between two bears, a now former Ten Twelve Network podcast. They have up and left us. It's okay. I'll allow it. He's not uh, actually a Matt, bear. Matt, you want to hop in here? I Matt am in sense. In I I I I come back. I just feeling nothing but love. Just wanting. Nothing but good things for all of us. And the first thing I hear is slander of the Coach Scott Drew coaching tree, Jerome Tang. He's saying, Robbie, by the way, hi, what's up, man? How's it going? Nice to finally meet you. <laughs> you too, man. <laughs> uh, just, uh, just infuriating to, to hear that it's okay if Kansas State loses in the second round. Just So we just filled out the bracket over at ODB and uh, Kansas state should be able to take care of Montana state. Why can't Kansas state take care of a Kentucky team that just now figured out what players they should be playing? Come on now, guys. No, I, 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 agree, I agree with you with that. Um, my, my point is like, if they get bounced in the second round, like no one should be coming for Jerome Tang's head. Like, and that's right. Like, Kansas State fans to me, I'm starting to realize, like, each fan base on Twitter, like, how they react and what they, what makes them tick. Anything, if you say anything wrong about a Kansas State fan, they will want to explode and, like, call for the head of everybody. And it makes no sense. Um, and any fan, yeah. They they aren't the worst Big 12 fan base on Twitter, but um, they're the most passionate, I would say. Robbie, do you have Kansas State beating Kentucky? Assuming you have Kentucky winning. I do. Okay. Them. Uh, I am excited to a level I did not know was possible for that Kansas State Marquette matchup. Presuming you guys have Marquette advancing to the same level, oh my gosh, that is going to be a fantastic game. I think the matchups there are just phenomenal, just really exciting. My second favorite region of the bracket. I'll let you guys continue. I'll just I'll be here for things when you need when you need something said that isn't quite as intelligent. That's why I'll be here. I'll, I'll, I can hang out here for a couple minutes. I just wanted to say, love you guys. This Matt, is awesome. March. I don't is need great. two two people who do that. Yeah. No. I think I think you do, and that's why uh, uh, you you had to hang on, man. 
he doesn't know what to say. Uh, all right. Well, you know, we Baylor a little bit, but Matt, I mean, you are here now. Uh, Baylor yeah. against uh, UC Santa Barbara, which I always want to say is the slugs. It's not actually the slugs. I don't remember it's absolutely the banana slugs. It's absolutely the banana slugs. Is this the banana slug team? I just right? assume it, it is. Uh, there's a, I assume it is too. It's canon now. No, this is the this is like the Gauchos. Yes. Yeah, but we're just going to say in, in this slugs. world. Yeah, the banana slugs. Yeah. Um, because it should be. What's uh, up, Rob, bro? Followed by. I'll fight Creighton NC State winner if they get past that, and then potentially a Missouri Utah State pro- probably era. Um, although again, this is the, the section of the bracket I feel least confident in picking, um, which it could be a good thing for Baylor uh, or or a bad thing for Baylor. Matt, uh, what what are your thoughts on on Baylor's situation as three seed there in the South? I I think this is the second best possible region for Baylor to be in outside of uh, Purdue as being the number one seed. I think this gives Baylor the best chance for a deep run. Um, That probably, in my opinion, requires a North Carolina state win over Creighton though, which I think though, I was just talked into it, by the way, I was originally, I'm, I'm extremely confused by Creighton, but their top end potential is, is there. How often do they get there, though? And are you are you telling me Turkavion Smith can't go out and win a game against Creighton? I think they I think they absolutely can. So you have a, a Baylor winning their first round and then facing a North Carolina State team that is pretty good, but is pretty good good enough to beat a Baylor team that, in theory, could get really really hot. I, it, it's going to be a great game. You have Keontae George potentially in a scoring debut, like fiasco with Trakavion Smith, I think it could just be a phenomenal game. Luck probably runs out against Arizona <laughs> would be my guess. Because uh, Arizona uh, does offense pretty good in a lot of different ways too, which I think is the important part. And uh, the, the road probably ends there, but I, I think it's going to be a fun trip no matter what. I've, I have questions for Matt is bear. Um, Matt, hi. Um, so I was really disheartened by that performance against Iowa state, just because there's a lot of hustle plays that I thought Iowa state made that like Baylor could have been especially rebounding as someone who has watched flow Thamba play basketball for probably way too much amount of time. When he graduates, Mm. what will be your feelings about flow Thamba? How will you remember flow Thamba? Hey, remember flow Thamba? He's, oh, he's yeah. pretty I, good. I do remember. He's, he's pretty, yeah. He was, he, you know. Yeah. 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 And that's. He, he won yeah. a national uh, title. Yeah. It, he won yeah. a national, national championship, Flo Thamba. Yeah. Um, Flo definitely uh, gets up for the games, I think, where he feels personally slighted by the matchup. You look at the way he's performed against your Timmy and against some of the other, like, true bigs uh, in the, the battles against Kansas last season in the regular season. Um, and, it, you know, he performed pretty well against Amado Baycott as well in the tournament in the second half, mostly. Um, yeah. it, it's frustrating, though. It's a frustrating watch at times, especially for Baylor fans. See, but I'm the, intrigued the by that because, for, like, why don't they yeah. play Jonathan Chamochachua next to him? That's what doesn't make sense to me. You have someone who can step out and shoot threes and you have someone that can rebound and play defense. And that's where, like, I haven't seen Scott Drew pull that card yet. And that's where, like, if I'm using my basketball brain, you have three small guards. Why don't you just put two big human beings? And that's where, like, I know I want to see that in March because if they can battle like that, I do love that matchup. Great point. Same. Yet is the key word there because I think that I, I think that could become a, a thing, um, especially if if you if you run into a Creighton where. Um, the rebounding needs to, to, you know, counter some of what Creighton likes to do. Or if you want to limit possessions that North Carolina State gets, I, I think that's definitely a weapon they have considered. Uh, I am I, – I just want to see how well this team shares the ball. I mean, that, that's honestly the big thing. If we can get that ball moving around, there, there aren't any other teams that can really defend the guards um, – in the way that needs to happen. But 
who knows at this point, right? Baylor, like you said, in the Big 12 tournament, not a fantastic performance. Does Scott Drew care about the Big 12 tournament? Still TBD. I'm not entirely sure one right. way or the other, but but who knows? Who knows? You'd like to see better than that regardless. And I, I saw this during the broadcast as well. They were comparing the trio of Keontae George, LJ Cryer, and Adam Flagler to the national championship winning uh, trio of Davion Mitchell, uh, you have Jared Butler, and Macy Oteague. As someone who saw that team win a national title, and you see this team now, who's a good team, but I don't think a national title winning team, like, should we be comparing those three at all? When I see that, I'm like, this group is clearly better. <laughs> no. You, you think this group is clearly better? No, I, I see the the national title winning group and the one who is currently one yes. of the best defenders in the NBA. Uh Type of Correct. Um, they did. They did not shoot the raw percentages from three that this team, this this guard group, can. Right. But they could do everything else. They could finish at the rim in multiple ways. They could defend at a much higher level. They shared the ball exceptionally well. They got post players involved when they needed to be involved. They rebounded the ball really well. Just from a a full perspective it's not close from a outside shooting perspective this group's better and that's extremely dangerous in march but you also need a lot of other things too if you recall that national championship team ran into a night where they just weren't shooting the ball quite as well um against villanova uh but defense kept them in that game and they eventually pulled it out uh comfortably as well but it was because of the defense so that i mean obviously every baylor fan is concerned about that with this team Mm -hmm. but that that's why you go play right any team can go get hot for a couple of weeks and you never know what's going to happen. Cough, UNC cough. <laughs> uh, we have some very interesting matchups here, obviously. We've not listed a few. Texas versus uh, Toothpaste. Uh, we've got uh, Houston versus Northern Kentucky. What if I told you you could may end up with a Northern Kentucky t-shirt in the mail or a Montana State t-shirt? just showing up in your mailbox before the tournament gets going this weekend, or maybe you get a Colgate shirt because those are all schools that are available at home field apparel, which means they are all schools that could show up. You take part in the wonderful promotion that they have going on right now. It is mystery box, mystery mania subscription box. You get six total shirts, five mystery tees from Tierney teams still playing and an original home field champs tee that you will only be able to get through this subscription so here's how it works each week end of the tournament you get a shipment each shipment contains two t-shirts you will not get the same school twice home field will pick them for you they will be mystery shirts they'll pick from the men's and the women's tourney each shirt will be a surprise it will be from a team still so that means that after the first weekend when you get your next batch it will be from a team still currently playing so maybe your team gets eliminated which you know you if you can't root for another big 12 school because you're one of those people that's fine you will have a shirt in your inbox waiting for you to wear to find a new team to celebrate i am now hoping i end up with a colgate one just for the sheer humor of having a shirt for the university of colgate Every shirt is a major discount this is one of the funnest things that the good brand has ever done it is absolutely incredible Sign up is now through Monday at 5 p.m. Now, knowing home Eastern Standard Time, not God's time, which would be 4 p.m. Central Time. So the link will be in the show notes, podcast, the link you can find on Twitter, the link you can find if you just go to homefieldapparel.com, right there at the top. T-shirt subscription, third month mania, third month subscription right up there at the very top of the website. Northern Kentucky, Montana State, Furman, Colgate, all schools playing the tournament on the men's side. I'm throwing the random ones, folks. I'm throwing those low, those double-digit seeds that you could end up with a shirt for or that you never thought you needed one for. And yet, folks, it's if you've never got a Slippery Rock t-shirt, it's a rock and a pem cut with a pennant. I, I don't know what else I need to tell you as far as home field and putting out incredible stuff for small schools. So homefieldapparel.com, sign up for the Mystery Box subscription service before 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday. I have already signed up way to see what ridiculous, awesome, random shirts 
show up in my mailbox. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Matt, I know you've got to bounce. If let me, let me just real quick, women's tournament bracket is also out. Baylor is participating this year. No surprise there. I believe they are a seven seed though. If I recall correctly, uh, they have, where is it? Alabama in the first round, the seven ten matchup before facing off the winner will face Yukon. Uh, Cause look, it's, it stinks. The top seeds, they play at home. It's fine. It's what is what it is. But uh, thoughts on the, on that particular matchup for, for the women's Baylor squad. Um, I could be making this up in my head, but don't they say that freshmen, by the time they make the tournament, they're kind of sophomores already, right? Or is that like football that they say that about? Sure. Baylor's got some good freshmen. (laughs) I'm just saying. Um, I'll I'll be completely honest. My knowledge about Alabama uh, is, is not where it needs to be. This team goes as Sarah Andrews shoots the ball. This team goes as... Little page bugs finishes around the rim. Um, and, you know, Caitlin Bickle holds it all together. I uh, that I don't see a super deep run this season, but I, I definitely think Baylor can get one, maybe two in advance of the second weekend. Uh, who would it be? It'd be, oh, UConn is, okay, not fantastic. So if Baylor gets this against Alabama, um, I was on a live stream myself <laughs> as the bracket was released. Uh, that Alabama team, I, I think Baylor can get the win. Um, whew, that that's a tough matchup against UConn, though. That's a tough matchup against UConn. So, not sure if I answered your actual question, but those are my live, real time thoughts after looking at this bracket for the very first time. I would appreciate live, real time thoughts. I do very much so, Matt. Appreciate you stopping by, everybody. Make sure that uh, even though they have left us, okay. We are happy for uh, for where they have gone on to at Dave Campbell's. Uh, you and Evan continue to do a great job with Between Two Bears. Everybody go check the show out. Um, and if you have thoughts on a new Baylor show for us, uh, let me know. Working on it. Working on it. I'm going to leave Big you with this. In, in, in the spirit of Big 12 family members and supporting the conference as a whole, go bet the mortgage on TCU Gonzaga on the Horned Frogs. I, it's going to happen. Mike Miles in the pick and roll. You think Drew Timmy is is going to be out there guarding Mike Miles in the perimeter? Think again. Think again. Y'all have a <laughs> wonderful rest of the evening. Uh, it's March, and it's the best holiday of the year. And Damn I'm right. excited that I got to chat with you guys about it for a little bit. You're the man. I'm happy you finally got to meet. I don't Appreciate even it, have a mortgage, right. so I'm paying rent. So I will use rent. Put your rent on it. Put three months of rent. I think that's the financial advice people are needing right now is Correct. put, put yes. three months of rent on TCU to upset Gonzaga because they're both advancing. You're the man. Y'all take care. See you. See you. I like that. I like that call. That's a good one. Maybe not the financial part, but the TCU over. Correct. Times are again, tough nowadays. Dangerous to TCU squad, folks. Yeah, just maybe, maybe, uh, maybe bet like a couple of avocados. That feels like a large. Maybe, maybe rent would be cheaper. I'm not sure with inflation uh, anymore. TCU is dangerous. That is a dangerous team. Um, I, I would TCU UCLA matchup in the Sweet 16. I think that would be a ton of fun. We do want to touch on the women's bracket before we go. As we mentioned, Baylor seven seed will face off against Alabama, and then they're going to lose to UConn. Look. There's nowhere spots to be in than the two eight or the eight nine and the seven ten because again your first round games first and second round are at the home of the higher seeded team. Uh, Texas is the only Big Twelve host this year. They will open against East Carolina and then play the winner of Louisville Drake. That is some straight up nonsense. Iowa State is a five seed and has to go to eleven loss Tennessee. Make that make sense? Oh right, because the Big Twelve. You think the Big Twelve got screwed in the men's side? Oh, not even close to what happened to the women. Uh, West Virginia is a ten seed. Will open. Arizona and then probably lose to Maryland. It's not a shot at West Virginia. That's just how this typically works. Oklahoma State, the dreaded, awful 8-9 matchup. They have to face Miami in the first game and then will uh, face off against Indiana in the second if they get past it. Oklahoma, also a five seed. Again, first weekend host. Makes no sense. Oklahoma five seed against Portland. Uh, if they get past them, uh, we'll have to probably face uh, host UCLA, I think I got to everybody. Kansas got left out of the women's tournament. It doesn't make any sense. Please make it make sense. Somebody, this was a good Kansas squad. I get it. I 
again, we talked about it on the show here. Yeah, the men got jobbed, I think, to some extent. The women, no respect all season long. It doesn't make any sense. sense. I cannot stand it. I cannot. I cannot stand it. No, it doesn't. Um, Jamie wasn't able to make it tonight. Uh, Andy and Jamie, we're going to pick both brackets. Jamie will have plenty of thoughts. Andy will have plenty of thoughts on Candace not getting in. I, I will see how many of them he can keep uh, at least. He typically keeps things G-rated. We'll see if he gets up to PG with this one. He might want to at least keep the, the, the young, young ones from listening to the show when we make picks later at this. Uh, we have bracket challenges for both the men's and women's. They are on ESPN. You can find the 1012 group, the 1012 podcast. No, it's 1012 network group in both the men's tournament challenge and the women's tournament challenge. Uh, go sign up, go join that group. I've got links here in the notes. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll have links with the pod. If I say if, because again, this is my first time doing this. And so I assume I will have a podcast available for you. At worst, there's going to be a YouTube out there, unless I can't figure out how to post this after we recorded it. Uh, Robbie, I want to kind of wrap on this. I don't want to go too much longer. All right. We've got seven teams on the men's side in. Uh, There's is whether or not you can crown a national champion or get a team there. The Big 12 has had a team in the national championship game the last three tournaments that were held, that being Texas Tech in 2019, Baylor winning it all in 21, and Kansas winning it all in 22. Can the Big 12 keep its streak open? Here's how I want to say it. Big 12 versus the field for national champ. Does a Big 12 team even get to the national championship, Robbie? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I will say Big 12 team will make the national championship just because, one, the level of coaching in this league is unlike anybody else. They've been through these situations more than any other team in this entire country. We are the oldest conference in the entire country. You can say maybe the Big Ten, but I don't necessarily like most of the Big Ten teams. And I'm a Michigan State fan, and I think my team absolutely stinks this year. And, like, if I had to choice, I just wouldn't want to watch them in the tournament because they're going to pull me back in and then suck again. Um, But I really do (laughs) think that this league has two teams that I think can confidently win a national title. I think you have Kansas. I don't care who is coaching Kansas. I think Bill Self will be coming back when I heard that he is doing better health-wise, so I'm really happy that that's happening. But for Kansas, you have a, awesome a great def- a great point guard. You have Dewan Harris who can dish and the best on-ball defender in the entire league. You have amazing shooting of Grady Dick. You have a star like Jalen Wilson. And then you have other really awesome role players that can win you a title, like we saw what Mark Vidal did and Macy O.T. did for Baylor. Like, those are players that aren't necessarily your stars, but those are players you need and can trust to play 30, 35 minutes. And you have K.J. Adams, who isn't necessarily this big, like when it comes to a Zach Eady type of big, but he's more of, like, agile. He can switch other defenders and he can play the perimeter and then you have Kevin McCuller who I hope health-wise is good enough because I think his leadership his defensive ability his idea just to know where to go in the court even if he isn't making shots Kansas has that and then you have the bench of a player like Joseph Yesifu who is athletic as hell and can play bigger than his stature and then you have another big like Ernest Huda Jr. and then you have Texas who has these amazing scoring guards and even Tyrese Hunter, cover your ears, Iowa State fans. You should be over it by now. But he is a player that, if playing well, can completely destroy another team's game plan, and he hasn't necessarily been that this year. But Tyrese Hunter has been really turning it on lately and even that last regular season game against Kansas. And then you have bigs and you have athletic wings, and then you, I believe, have the deepest team the entire Big 12, and you can go to these players on your bench. And whose team has their second best player coming off the bench ever? Like, Serge Jabari Rice is my favorite watch in the Big 12 this year, just what he can do offensively. So can a Big 12 team win a national title? Yes. Am I taking them over the field? I, I have to wait and see right now just because I've never seen college basketball really feel this even. Like, even last year, like, I thought Kansas was really good, and I picked them to win a national title. But And I still felt they were a little bit ahead of everybody else. Right now, like, I can say Kansas is really good, 
but then you have Brandon Miller, and then you have Zach Eady, and then you have Houston right now, and then you have UCLA, who's kind of turning it on lately, and you have all these other great programs. And, like, I can't confidently say a Big 12 team will win a national title, but I can confidently say they will be competing for a national title. I do think we have the talent, and we are kind of spread out throughout regions. But, yeah, it's Texas and Kansas, and I don't really see another team making it that far unless it's a Cinderella type of situation, but we don't really have any teams Cinderella-ish. I don't know this year. I mean, that, that would be, I think West Virginia is the ninth seed, would be the closest to a Cinderella. Right. I mean, you get TCU and Iowa State as sixes. I just, I, I, it's going to be a disappointing year if we get to the Sweet 16 and there aren't three Big 12 teams in. I'm being cautious when I say three, when I, when I feel like it should be a quarter of it. Like I just, I do. Um, I, I, that, that's, that's how good the big 12 has been, but you get into this situation, you get, you get matchups you're not used to. You just never know. Um, that's the beauty of this whole thing. It's why there's no Thursday, Friday combination in the year than there is the opening two days of the NCAA tournament. There's just not, there's not a better Thursday, Friday, the rest of the year. I cannot wait for this one. Uh, Always a pleasure. Robbie, do me a favor. Do me a favor, man. Where can everybody check out the awesome work covering the Big 12 and not just for the 1012 Network? Yeah, so come follow the Midwest Madness podcast. Um, new episode dropping tomorrow. If you love this, I break it down in more detail, talking about each team's chances, what I saw from the Big 12 tournament. Uh, you can follow that on Twitter at MW underscore Midwest Big 12. I work for Big 12 Radio on Sirius XM. The show I work on is called Big 12 Today. That runs from 2 to 5 Central Time, channel 375 if you have Sirius XM. Or if not, go steal your mom's credit card. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Triano Kid. I tweet nonsense, and really I have that Big 12 tournament song stuck in my head all the time, and my life sucks. But one day we'll get out because wine, one shining moment will be that song that will take over at that point. Philip, I always love doing this. I love talking about the Big 12, and I appreciate you for giving me the platform to talk about Big 12 hoops. I, I, I've had so much fun this season. Man, you've been a great addition. Uh, it's been great to have you. pre you've done with the show. Uh, if you have heard about the kid on Twitter who's trying to dunk and can't do so, or the kid on Twitter who was supposed to get hey. a Kansas State tattoo and didn't do so, or – that would be Mr. Robbie Toronto. Robbie, appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. We should have this up in podcast form. Go subscribe, sign up. Homefield's deal is awesome. I want. I cannot wait. I'm. I'm already signed up. Mystery T's are coming. I gotta just. I'm. I'm so excited. I'm rocking my Kansas. My my. I waved the wheat shirt tonight. Gotta represent the homefield. Uh, we will be back again this week. We will have picks for both tournaments we will do it in a podcast form because why not andy and jamie will be then we will talk to you then Podcast Network.